0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome to My 90s Playlist. This is a podcast about the hits of the 90s. Yes, and we are looking at what made our favorite songs so popular back then and why we still love them now. I am Tracy, a.k.a. Young Whomever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm a KOTO, a.k.a. Cocaine. Oh. Co-operator. Oh. (laughs) I like it. I like it. You may also refer to me as Tracy Clayton Hanks, because um, once I marry Tom Hanks, I'm going to hyphenate. So I figured I should start practicing now. Manifest. With the name, you know? I'm Manifest. Manifest. I'm just trying. So in each episode, we're going to do a deep dive on one of our favorite songs from the 90s. I'm talking about the lyrics, the music, how each song came to be, all of that. And we'll look at the effects each of these songs had on the world. We'll do some games. Mm. We'll do some interviews. Damn. And above all, we will play and celebrate the songs that we love. We need to get boy bands on this mixtape. So let's add I Want It That Way by a little group known as the Backstreet Boys. Are you familiar? 100%. Is this a quiz? Yes. Should I do this right now? Yes, go. Brian. Okay. Nick. Okay. Kevin. Okay. AJ. Right. My boo. Ooh. And Howie. Um, so, Akoto, I've got some news for you. Talk um, about it. I too was and still am in love with AJ. So rude. That's Looks my man. Looks like Always we're has gonna been. have to throw down in the parking lot. Let's do it. All okay. right, but later though. First, let's listen to the jam. Yeah. You are my fire, the one desire. When I say I want stop to say that this song still snaps it i'm not mad at it can i walk you through some backstreet boys numbers yep okay i want stats so a thing that i didn't really realize until i like really sat with this song is that the backstreet boys have been making music since the year 1993 Uh uh-huh impressive on its own but Mm -hmm. they are still active to this day to this day to this day how many years is that since 1993 27. Oh, my gosh. First of all, impressive. Thank you. That was very quick. Thank you. Second of all, that's a long time to do anything. That's 30 years. That's 30 years. And they're still in there. Still Mm -hmm. going strong. The Backstreet Boys have sold over 100 million records worldwide, making them the best-selling boy band of all time and one of the world's best-selling music artists Period. That's wild. A hundred million A hundred million million. is a lot of records. That sounds like a fake statistic. That's like Mariah status. That is like all time like when the aliens come down to earth and find like the torn rubble of our civilization, (laughs) they're gonna be going through the records and be like, a hundred million records? Why the fuck is so many Backstreet Boy records out there? (laughs) They, All in a rubble. Were they like, gods? Were know, they the president? Crazy. Right. Exactly. Also, more statistics. I got mm-hmm. some more. They're the first group since Led Zeppelin to have their first 10 albums reach the top 10 on the Billboard 200. Now, I realize I just threw a lot of numbers at you, mm-hmm. so we're going to take it back. Okay. Since Led Zeppelin, they are the only group to have their first 10 albums, right, mm-hmm. on the top 10 on the Billboard 200. That's wild. That is And also, side note, uh-huh. I just love like how many different ways you can like cut Billboard stats. It's like right. the first female rapper <laughs> to ever have a number 1 single on, on the a Billboard Saturday, 35. Right. On the 35 <laughs> and also on the hip hop and rock chart. Right. Simultaneously. Yeah, that's very real. Fun. It I, is a lot of fun. I feel like if we keep that logic up in some way, we can get a Billboard statistic of our own. Like Listen, we were the first Non musical, musical, non act. To podcast about musical acts who had right. uh, been on the Billboard charts 10 times in 10 years. For the et cetera, Billboard et 200. Right. Exactly. On a Wednesday. You're right. You're right. So. Um, good. The group has received eight Grammy Award nominations as of 2019, including four nominations in 2000 alone. They have also received Damn. two American Music Awards. Seven Billboard Music Awards, two MTV Video Music Awards, a Juno Award, which is like the Canadian Grammys, Mm -hmm. and so many others. This isn't even all of their awards. That's wild. The group received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on April 22nd, 2013. They were on an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which Mm -hmm. I just wanted to shout out to uh, 1998. Good show. It was a good show. I believe you. I appreciate it. And the song was also voted number three on VH One's list of the greatest songs from all of the nineties. I feel like they've been on every list I've ever read, like whether it's like Rolling Stone or mm-hmm. Billboard of of like top three best pop songs of the decade, yeah. millennium, whatever, whatever. It's a good song. Plus that song was everywhere. The group was everywhere, but this song in particular was everywhere. Yeah, and ubiquitous, like ubiquitous. You, you will. think that like their previous hits were big hits? Like mm-hmm. so many songs. Mm-hmm. And like this one eclipsed like They're already super, super big songs. Mm -hmm. So some more stuff that we should consider when we talk about the Backstreet Boys is Uh like, well, I think when people think about boy bands, they think a lot about like the manager, like the central figure that like Mm. sort of got them all together. And it's true for many of them that there was like one person who was like really important in their development. Right. But there was another really important person that was a part of these groups development. And that is the producer. Many records have many different producers, but a lot of these boy bands, including the Backstreet Boys, had many songs done by one producer. In the Backstreet Boys case, it was Max Martin. Um, Max Martin. Yes, Max Martin. Max Martin is the producer for the Backstreet Boys and for the boy bands in the 90s. He just produced hit after hit after hit. He is like at the center of all of the 90s boy band success. Mm -hmm. So he produced and also wrote many of these, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. You know at least 15 or 20 of his songs he's literally written Do to everyone it. yes he's he did hit me baby one more time. Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Of course, he mm-hmm. did. in Sync Records, he was everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. He's worked with Celine Dion, what? Kelly Clarkson, Pink, Jessie J, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, and many, many more. So everybody, pretty much, he has covered written twenty-two Billboard Hot one hundreds. That's a lot. The second most in history, only behind Beatles producer George Martin. The Beatles. I told you he was a big deal. That's the Beatles. I know. I told you he was a big That's deal. That's wild. Um. We're gonna get to Max much more a little later, mm-hmm. but Tracy. Oh, the terseness! On I it. think that like we have to address the elephant in the room here, mm-hmm. which is that we're talking about boy bands and right. most of the most successful ones—the ones that were putting up numbers like a hundred million records sold mm-hmm. and raking up all these Grammys—had something or, in common. Yeah, they was white. They were white. <laughs> they, they was, <laughs> <they> was white. <laughs> But there were other boy bands that had come before the Backstreet Boys. Right. One in particular, New Edition. Yes. Candy Girl. Yes. Candy Girl oh, oh, oh. came out in 1983. It's a huge, huge, huge hit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really propel them to like massive stardom right Um, right. and their producer the guy at the center of their development Mm -hmm. his dude named Marie Starr after things didn't work out with Marie Starr and New Edition he was basically like I need to do this again Mm -hmm. but with some white dudes and he actually said and I quote I honestly believe that if they they being New Edition Mm -hmm. would have been white they would have been 20 times as big dang so guess who Marie Starr went and got to do the New Edition thing who? New Kids on the Block (sighs) No, who are like literally no. also the blueprint for all these other white boy bands to right. follow them. So technically, we got Bobby Brown and Ralph Tresman to thank uh-huh. for the Backstreet Boys. Wow, because in sync, yeah, and exactly, all of them. and all of them. So Koda, what you're saying is mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. new edition, black group mm-hmm. did amazingly well. Mm-hmm. The blueprint for this white group, mm-hmm. who New Kids on the Block, who then went on to sell 80 million records. Yep. Wonder why one did better than the other. (sighs) So curious. Can't figure So basically, let's put it like this, right? Uh-huh. New Edition was popular in the 80s and early 90s, and they were especially important and seminal to Black culture and Black music. And yes, they made some money over time, but New Kids on the Block enjoyed instant mainstream success, and they are still making millions today. Their last tour in 2017 grossed 40 fucking million. dollars. Oof. I saw that. But, I mean, shout out to the aunties, like myself, who still go home and take off the bras and then twirl to all the new additions. Moral of the story is, support Black boy bands. (laughs) Yes. They are an endangered breed. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite things about boy bands, I do believe, is how, A, all of the successful ones have five members. Mm -hmm. And each of those five Members have an assigned archetype, and that those archetypes can pretty much be tracked from boy group to boy group. This right? is so fun! I can't wait to oh my gosh. go through this exercise. Can I walk you through the archetype? Okay, so number one, mm-hmm. you have like the heartthrob slash the sweet one, mm-hmm. right? And this mm-hmm. is the person that you think about as like the face mm-hmm. of the group per se, like the one who's like most likely to go solo. And when you think of like the lead singers, kind of the one that you think about, mm-hmm. usually a former model. And usually the one who's in the group to like draw like the screams out of the teenage girls who like follow them around and chase them when they're getting on planes. Like they Got did it. In, the, I see. in the video. I get it. Okay. Right, 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 right. And in the Backstreet Boys, this would be Nick, right? Interesting. Do you do you agree? I always thought that it was Brian. Hmm. Because Brian to me looked more like a man boy instead of just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm know. not a man. <laughs> I mean, Nick couldn't even grow facial hair at, at the time. Not quite man you know boy. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Fair. <laughs> Too clean of a face. Um, um I, I hear this. I hear this you argument. You know what I'm saying? I do so, hear this argument. But I, I'll take it for what it is. And okay. also, Brian literally started nearly every single song that they came out with. Fair. I thought he was the lead singer. Fair. But let's
1: okay. move
0: on. Well, speaking of Brian, Brian mm-hmm. is generally considered to fill the role, generally now, of the cute one, right? And the cute one is kind of mm-hmm. like the second lead singer, as I do believe one of our... Uh, One of our sisters in Destiny's Child (laughs) would say. Uh Uh-huh. He's cute. He's attractive, but not as, like, sexually threatening as the lead is. Okay. And uh, he's kind of meant as, like, a foil to the bad boy that we're going to talk about. Oh, I see. In a few seconds, right? I mean, I stand by the fact that, like, if you're going to have somebody, if you're going to call somebody sexually threatening, they're going to need to have some facial hair. Like, I just, (laughs) (laughs) I feel very strongly about that. But, hey, whatever. I'm going to make some notes here. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Facial hair. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we got the cute one. We got the heartthrob. We just mentioned the bad boy. So the bad boy, I think, is um, the one that we're fighting about, okay. AJ. Mm-hmm. AJ is the rebel. He's a little, like, he's got a rougher edge to him. Like, mm-hmm. maybe he wears, like, a leather jacket. Oh, my God. He got out of leather did. He was the only one that, like, worked. He was, I'm pretty sure. Like, I just remember him in, like, dark clothes in general because he had the dark hair. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have a tattoo, Mm -hmm. probably some form of, like, tribal tattoo Mm -hmm. or barbed wire considering the time of origin. He also had an incredibly aggressive goatee. I loved. Yeah. Yeah. May, is that why I'm into goatees to this? And day? it was like sharp, like them lines. It was. It was like, and Who's like AJ's whole barber face was just like angled, just yeah. like carved up yep. and chiseled. Yeah. 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 It's just so yep. so beautiful. Shout out to AJ. Shout out to AJ. Hey AJ. Okay. So Sorry. don't make me call your husband a yeah, right. koto. You're right. You're Thank right. you. You're right. Hey AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the bad boy. Uh-huh. There's also the older brother, quote unquote. He's still accessible mm-hmm. to the screaming Girl clientele. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the one you would go to for, like, boy advice. Mm-hmm. On I see how so to, clearly who this how is. How to talk to AJ, yes. you know? <laughs> <laughs> also, um, can you imagine being the older brother of a boy band and, like screaming girls are coming at you a mile a minute all they want to talk about is yo no. what's good with your boy AJ I, I can't like what's up like should I, should I text should I call like how do I you know what I'm saying like how do I do this like what would you recommend I would put myself up for adoption yeah you gotta quit after like, that like I'm not you Like, I'm out that's yeah. it However, shout out to Kevin, the older brother, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have the shy one. The shy one is, uh, you know, kind of like the quiet one, mm-hmm. maybe a little nerdier than the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. He, he's. <laughs> I, I say this with love in my heart, uh-huh. right? Because I feel like if I were in a boy band, this uh-huh. is who I would be, right? It's kind of like the person who you're like, okay, I see you here, but like what you doing here? You know, like how do you, how do you fit in with the rest of the group? That's how I self-identify. It's like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's, Absolutely right. Yeah. I also feel like this person had fewer amount of devotees. Yeah. That might be true. Like, I think so. Of everybody who had favorites, they probably right. had. But see, that's just because nobody understands us. The quiet ones, the, man, the shy I ones, you know. I agree. I agree. Also, we're not we're not out here in the streets looking for all this attention because right. it makes us kinda uncomfortable, you know. They even want that. We don't take compliments very well. Right. When I say we, I'm talking about me and myself. <laughs> just kind of how I am. Right. And that was Howie, of course. Of course, Howie, one. whose uh-huh. hair was just so cute. He had the little curly ponytail. Adorable. You're just so earnest. Just a lot of so earnestness in the face. Earnest. There you go. You know. There you go. I feel like if this was like a teen movie from the '90s, the shy one would be the one who like emerges from the shadows after yes. the girl gets dumped by AJ, yes. right? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I always thought you were kind of cool." And it's just like, oh, my God. Should it's I like, date Howie? Howie's the one you should marry. True. Of course. Yeah, of you course. should actually marry him. He's going to be a better savior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howie doesn't mind being a stay-at-home dad. No. He doesn't mind at all. You know what it is about the Howies? What? <laughs> Talk to me about the Howies. It was almost like they didn't want to be in the group. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, take it or leave it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Like, all right, I'm about to do this for two albums. Yeah. And, like, maybe I'll open a laundromat. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't. <laughs> I don't want to do this, right? Exactly. Like, hmm. I like hanging out with my brothers. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to. The Howie. I'm not trying to do this. So we have gone over the five archetypes, Mm -hmm. and for boy bands, like the idea is like it does not work unless there's five people. To the point that Mm -hmm. when Kevin left the Backstreet Boys, remember Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they kept trying to get him back. So even though he left, he still didn't really leave. You know, like he would like pop up for like important performances. Like there was one on Oprah when the Oprah wants something from you, you better resurrect right. yourself from you whatever decide death to come back you back from. At, right. Yeah. And then he officially rejoined in 2010. So this idea that, like, the Backstreet Boys didn't work unless they had these five archetypes was just, like, it was a thing that That's people really, really believed really in. really interesting, yeah. What I love is that K-pop saw this and was like, okay, let's just run with this. Oh, right. So what you're saying is that, like, so instead of having one bad boy...
1: We gotta it's have just three.
0: Like, yeah. So now we got 15. So we got three right. bad boys and we have to have three older brothers and three. You have a bad boy buffet, if you will. And also this a way, boy like, bad boy buffet, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I might, given the day. But like, the idea behind it is like, the more members you have, the more archetypes you have, the more mm-hmm. marketability you have. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming, but also very, very smart. Yeah. I'm a, I'm going to try to get into K-pop a little bit. We a should bit. have a K-pop party. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So while we are abroad, right, I think it's important to discuss Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys is? Backstreet Boys is <laughs> <laughs> European connection, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to answer a mystery for uh-huh. you and other listeners about the name of Backstreet Boys' second album. So just stand by. Okay. Stand by. Just okay. roll with me. All right. I'm with you I'm with you Go come ahead. with me on this journey alright okay so Backstreet Boys made it big abroad before coming to the US right okay um, they released their first self-titled album in 1996 but did not release it in the US or Canada huh I did not know that you might remember a song from this album called I'll Never Break Your Heart break your heart reached gold status in germany mm-hmm. selling 250,000 copies mm-hmm. um and they were also voted number one international group in 1996 what? only people who knew backstreet boys at this point were like people in orlando who just happened to be at like wow old town buffet and like this right. big... of course <laughs> i don't know if one does <laughs> i don't know if old town buffet has a stage but <laughs> when backstreet boys <laughs> was all in orlando trying to get it together i imagine that those are the venues they had access to stand by so they were named number one international group in mm-hmm. 1996 okay. and earned their first platinum record in Germany after selling 500,000 copies of their debut album. Then they began touring in Asia and, like, they were big mm-hmm. everywhere else except for here. That's wild. Follow me now, right? Mm-hmm. So they have their self-titled album, Backstreet Boys. Right. But now they're ready to come to the U.S. So they start a new album called Backstreet's Back. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Not to us. Okay, we're like, okay. back from where? Where y'all been? But to all their gazillion international fans, they're like, uh-huh. yeah, y'all back. We missed you. So, Backstreet's Back, their next album and the name of the single, Uh huh. that came out one day in August uh-huh. and it was released everywhere except for the U.S. The next day, though, uh-huh. they released Backstreet's Back, the album, in the U.S. And it is a mix of songs from Backstreet's Back and from their first album that Americans had never heard. Oh, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? I see, see. Do you see. follow me? I'm following. Are yeah, you with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, So now do you get why the album was named Backstreet's Back even I though do. we ain't know nothing about a Backstreet Back? Because they had been out here. We exactly. just didn't know that they was exactly. out here. Exactly. Because exactly. as Americans, we are so hyper-focused on us being the first and yes, the exactly. end-all be-all. And I personally thought the song was pretty arrogant. I was like... I mean, honestly, me too. Backstreet's back. Like, what? I was like, how dare you? Right. I don't even know where you came from. That's like me walking into a room I've never been in before. I'm like, all right, (laughs) y'all. I'm (laughs) back. I know you miss me. (laughs) Right? Okay. The reason why so many groups went abroad and then came back is because there was a way that they could gain international popularity before Mm -hmm. coming back to the States and sort of having that cachet as being a popular band before they try to make it big here. And it begs the question, like, why could boy bands just go overseas and make a lot of money so easily? That's a Um, good-ass question. And the answer is that Europeans just thought Americans were really cool. Um, Thanks, guys. But Jennifer J. Moose, she's a sociologist. Okay. Here's what she wrote in her book, Is It Because It's Cool? Effective Encounters with American Culture. Ooh. Americanness was primarily established through visual allusions to American culture in the band's earlier videos, especially allusions to sports culture and American settings. To their fans, the Backstreet Boys were cool because they were different, i.e. American. Oh. And so this became known as like a thing, Mm -hmm. the European formula. If it doesn't work in the States, go abroad, gain your popularity, come back, and use that as a launching pad to start your own fan bases here. That's Um, why my music career hasn't taken off yet. Right. I gotta go to Europe. Exactly. And so by the time Backstreet came back to us, Uh they were already known as, quote unquote, the biggest selling boy band in the world. Wow. And so it kind of worked. And if you think about it, it kind of felt like you missed something, right? Like, I mean, yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't know about this thing. Yeah. I guess everybody else did. Yeah, clearly been somewhere. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now. Right, right. Stay with me. What's, oh. Because they were abroad... They were working with European producers, and Max Martin. If I failed to mention earlier, is Swedish. Oh, Gertie, Gurdy, verdy. This my Swedish chef. Impression. I literally never even heard. Work, I... work, work! <laughs> You've never heard the Swedish chef talk? Who? No, <gasps> from the Muppets? No, I'm sorry. He used to throw all the fish. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm embarrassing okay. you. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uncomfortable. Um, so Max Martin, who wrote all these hits, him and his co-producer Andreas Carlson wrote, I want it that way. And any of us who are fans of the song, we just can't ignore that like, mm, shit don't really make a lot of sense. It don't. Or maybe it does and we just it we don't. Just don't know what Backstreet Boys <laughs> are trying to do. It don't. But the reason why is because, or it was attributed to Max Martin's poor English. Now at I feel time, bad, I feel bad. At the time, I feel pretty right? bad. Mm-hmm. His co-producer, Andreas Carlson said, the lyrics to the verse made absolutely no sense in combination with the chorus. Ultimately, the song itself doesn't really make sense, and he attributed that to Max's poor English skills at the time. Uh huh. Okay. So I think we should just sing a couple of lines. <clears throat> um, I am with I'm with all of this. What if we, <laughs> what if we deliver the first verse, and the chorus as if it were a spoken word piece? Too much. I would like to see you do it. <clears throat> I would like to see it. Says Monique. Him him him. Peace, 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 everybody. I go by the name of... uh, What's my (laughs) spoken word name? Oh, wait, I got it. I I got it, I got it. Okay. Okay. I hate it. I hate it. I just want you to know that I hate it. it. Peace, 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 everybody. I go by the name of Diamond uh, Ruff. Oh, God. Diamond N.D. Ruff. Oh, God. The N.D. stands for uh, Diamond Natalie Desiree. (laughs) Diamond N.D. Ruff. Okay, let me hear what you got. (laughs) Okay, I just got to find my chakras and line them up with the ancestors. You are my fire, mm. the one desire. Believe me when I say I want it that way. Mm-hmm. But we are two worlds apart. Can't reach to your heart when you say that I want it that way. <laughs> sorry okay Wait. this is very funny uh-huh. but I actually think it makes the song make sense <laughs> really? okay okay well let's just read it because I don't even understand how like in a poem in a spoken word poem you never know what the fuck they're talking about anyway that's very fair <laughs> and very true so like you're right you're right yeah. okay okay Before we wrap up and head out, we're gonna do our closing segment called Put Me On. Um, and this is where one of us puts the other one on to a song that they like. Okay, Tracy. So after I re-listened to I Want It That Way and watched the video seven, eleven billion times, uh-huh. What should I play next? Okay, I don't know if you have seen this clip that has gone viral online. It is Lizzo mm-hmm. singing. Juice with Harry Styles. Now, here's how I arrived at mm-hmm. this particular song. Mm-hmm. Talking about boy bands, mm-hmm. One Direction, mm-hmm. huge boy band. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles mm-hmm. out here doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Harry Styles mm-hmm. on stage with Lizzo. But the thing of it is, it's so cute because he's doing like, he's got like a little choreography. Like he's got like his little arms in the just air. Just a little bit, not a lot. little a little Mary. choreography. Okay. And it's just so cute to see him like... I don't know, just on stage having fun with a black girl who's also just on stage having fun. I love it. It's just like a nice little injection of joy. Thank y'all so much. I cannot wait to watch that video. Thank you, Tracy. You're very welcome. Um, We'll be back next week to add another track to our mixtape here Mm -hmm. on my 90s playlist. It was fun. See y'all next time. Bye. 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 playlist is a Sony Music Podcast. The show is hosted by me, Tracy Clayton, and Akoto Aforiata and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver, editor is Brandon Grugel, and executive producers are Tracy Clayton and Amanda McLaughlin. A special thank you to the artists, their managers, and everyone at Sony Music who made this podcast possible. For a full list of show credits, please visit my 90s splaylistcom you can find a playlist of the songs from and inspired by our show by searching my 90s playlist wherever you stream your music. And if you like the show, please hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. That is the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening.